Welcome to the Global Health Rehabilitation Initiative podcast from the School of Physical and Occupational Therapy, McGill University, also known as the GHRI. Today, we will be speaking with Patrick Budolka, Leah Hamilton, and Martin Kadumukasa, and we will talk about the Organized Stroke Care Across Income Level study. All three are part of the OSCAL research team based in Hamilton, Canada, London, UK, and Kampala, Uganda. The GHRI podcasts interview guests who work in the field of global health and rehabilitation and are meant to provide a glimpse of what it's like to work in global health and rehab. Both the podcasts and the forums are venues for the GHRI to engage rehab students and faculty to current topics and pressing issues in the field and really show how they can get involved. The GHRI podcasts and playlists can be found on the McGill School of Physical and Occupational Therapy website. My name is Monica Slanik, and I'll be hosting today's podcast. So why don't we start by introducing yourselves, a little more detail, how you fit into the project, and then we'll describe the project and what brought you to Montreal today. Thank you. Um, My name is Leah, and I did my um, master's degree at Queen's University in epidemiology, and now I work at the project office um, for the OSCOL project at the Population Health Research Institute in Hamilton, Ontario. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is uh, Martin Kadumkasa. I'm from um, Uganda as a neurologist working on stroke patients in Uganda. I came on this project. Um, we have very few neurologists, so I was approached to take part in the as a lead investigator in Uganda, and that's how I came to uh, work in the project. And my name is Patrick Bedolka. I did my undergrad at McGill University in pharmacology, and then I worked at McGill Global Health Programs for a bit, uh, where I got to know the team here. And since then, I've gotten involved with the Oscar uh, project. I was working at the project office at the Population Health Research Institute in Hamilton, Ontario, and then I've just been spending the past year in London doing a master's in epidemiology, and I am s- continue to be on the research team. Okay, that's great. Thank you all for coming here and sharing the project and your story. I know our students really appreciate it. So, Leah, if you're the project manager, do you think I could ask you to describe what the OSCOL project is? Definitely. So, um, the OSCOL project um, stands for Organized Stroke Care Across Income Levels, and it's a centrally guided, locally championed pilot study to determine the feasibility of implementing key elements of organized stroke care in hospitals in low- and middle-income countries. Um, the study is currently taking place in seven sites over four countries, which are uh, South Africa, Rwanda, Uganda, and India. So the study has two phases. Um, there's an observational phase where we look at usual care of key performance indicators, um, and then there's a training intervention session. Um, and then we measure those same key performance indicators again in the second phase. So an example of um, a key performance indicator that we'd be interested in um, would be if a swallowing assessment was done, if um, an initial mobility assessment was done, if mobility re-education was done. Um, And then, yeah, there's a definite um, knowledge translation and implementation uh, science component uh, to this this study. And I would say one of our greatest strengths of the study is the involvement that we have from the local country champions. And we're very lucky to have everyone together 
together this week in Montreal and to have Martin here with us today. So the study sounds really interesting, and mm-hmm. I love that there's a knowledge translation component to it mm-hmm. and, and how global it is. Which part are we in right now? Like you were talked about the observation mm-hmm. phase and the implementation phase. Yes. So um, a few of our sites, they have completed, three of them have completed the observation phase, and they are now well into the intervention phase of the study. And four of our other sites are up and going in the observation phase, and I think early 2019 they will... Uh, uh, be in intervention for sure. So we're at different phases for mm-hmm. different countries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Martin, I'm wondering if I can ask you, can you tell me what the end vision of the whole project is and, and how you see, are, are we on track for that right now? Thank you. Um, <clears throat> right now, um, where we are right now, as uh, the previous speaker has said, Leah, um, we are still recruiting in some countries, some countries have finished um, the f- initial phase of the um, intervention phase. Speaking on behalf, like in Uganda, for example, we are still in the initial stages. And um, we understand that for the low-income countries, we have a high burden of stroke um, with a high mortality rate. So this project is looking for to care for countries like um, Uganda, Rwanda which are, and South Africa which are participating in the study and India and we hope that with the key components that we have in this study are going to help us to improve on our, our stroke care by training the, the, uh, the people who are, prov- uh, who are providing care among the stroke people uh, which include the physiotherapists, the speech therapists, the neurologists, uh, occupation therapists and also the nurses. So we believe with this kind of training we'll be able to improve by creating what would be like an ideal uh, stroke units in resource-limited setting, keeping in mind that low-income countries, we, could, we can't afford to have a fully-fledged stroke uh, unit. Mm-hmm. So by training, this will help us to reduce the mortality. And... Um, it will also help us to um, be able to translate this research into uh, practical and evidence-based care among stroke patients. And um, we are expounding on this project to look at um, uh, different ways how we can help patients through occupation therapy and rehabilitation and see how these patients can be helped to um, improve in their quality of life and also in recovery. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, it's it's interesting, and you describe really a full care team, an interdisciplinary team, and I know it has limitations in different countries. But are you able to get that in in some places, and has it been successful? Yeah, I guess that's my my first question. In some places, it has been successful. We look at um, our neighboring uh, low income country like Rwanda, where it has shown success through. Uh, the intervention and the um, second phase of the train the study, we were able to look at um, different cadres uh, specialities, where they're able to look more than twenty in uh, physio occupation therapies, doctors and nurses. Across the board, we have, um, like in Uganda, we have low few neurologists, countable uh, occupation therapists, no speech therapists. So, we believe by 
training and also um, bring everybody on, on board. It will encourage more people to get on board and also we'll see a change in the patient's quality of life and care. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just had a, a study team meeting where we had all the investigators come together on Tuesday. First time we all got to meet in person and we were talking about um, this train, these training sessions that we've done in South Africa and Rwanda and but it was it was the first time that in some of these sessions that some of the nurses and the doctors um, and physiotherapists had actually come together and met all in one room so it's hard to measure and to um, determine what what degree of multidisciplinary teamwork is taking place because of the way that we're collecting our data but we think that one of our, one of our major focuses, focus, foci, is to create a more multidisciplinary team approach to treating stroke patients in these countries. Um, it's a bit easier said than done, but um, we're hoping that, that that will be one of the uh, outcomes and we're trying to figure out different strategies to do that, um, whether it's through communicating making WhatsApp groups mm-hmm. between with multidisciplinary team members in WhatsApp groups or having kind of check checklists or tick sheets that go at the end of a patient's bed that all the different uh, team members looking after patients can check and see who's doing what. Um, but it is, it's hard to figure out and it's hard to implement, but we're trying to figure out a good way to do that. So I'm hearing that you're training the different within the different countries. You have champions or different um, methods of training the professionals. Can you explain to me a little bit how you're doing that? And also, those who, who you trained first, have you gotten feedback from them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the training sessions um, start off as a two-day session where us at the project office, um, there's different... Uh, principal investigators who are involved in the project and it's sort of about finding a good date with them and with our local country champion to bring together everyone in in one room for a two-day training session and that's sort of just I would say a launching spot to get people who um, are part of the stroke care team in the hospital all together during that session, there's more typical PowerPoints that we go through, and then we try to really listen to what everyone at the hospital thinks are their needs and what would be a good point to move forward from there. Okay, so these training sessions mm-hmm. are done in person, or yes. have you done any online? Um, no, so we haven't gotten too much to the online training. We do have a website. But we did hear from on-site at the hospitals there is an issue with having good access to the Internet for those times. So right now the model we're doing is um, in person to sort of start off the training. Um, and then from there on, it's we sort of have every weekly, every two weeks, we have our calls with the investigators. And um, for sure after that, um, the country champion really takes the project forward. So I'm thinking about it. We have a country champion right here, Martin. Can I ask you to tell me a little bit about that and how, how it's going for you and the people that you're following up with? Yeah, thank you. I'm privileged to be the country champion for Uganda. And uh, being a country champion for um, resource-limited setting has some 
hurdles. And um, we've had uh, stroke care, but um, it has been like separate care. So everybody does his part on his own, like not having a chance to meet on a round table as uh, stroke providers or care. And um, sometimes um, meeting the different uh, stroke persons who are caring for these patients, it's cumbersome. Um, we look at challenges where we have very few nurses, and those who are, um, especially those who are trained in stroke. Then we have very few physiotherapists who may not be available daily to care for the patients. And we don't have speech therapists. And um, lastly, the doctors meeting on a round table, it's not, it's hard to come by. So keeping in mind all these challenges, um, meeting these people on a good day is quite hard. Um, but we believe uh, with this training and some motive uh, training and um, what will come out of this uh, project will be able will will be able to enhance the meetings and um, looking at what has been done from the different countries this will be achievable and we hope we'll be able to carry on the, the meeting play, uh, meeting with the different specialties and. In relation to this, where we don't have um, specialities like uh, speech, occupation, there's, um, li- there's some light at the, at the end of the tunnel where we hope to get some training of the local people like St. Nancy's, um, maybe who will get training from Canada and different institutions uh, and um, um, a mentorship of the international investigators or um, project investigators who will help us in getting different uh, skills in like speech and occupational therapy. So we hope by the time we end the project, this will help, help us to bring out more numbers of stroke carers and also different specialities which has been lacking them mainly in the resource limited setting. I can understand like in any project, there's always hurdles that we need to come over, and I think you covered them well. And looking to other countries, uh, knowing that there's other countries who are working on the same project, and I guess you learn from each other uh, what was helpful, and they, they you motivate each other and learn from each other in terms of overcoming these hurdles, I think. Yes, um, looking at different countries, um, like Rwanda, it it was among the first countries to start the, um, the project, the phase one and also the intervention arm and um, from what is coming out of Rwanda, it shows that we are able to, uh, we, we can achieve the multidisciplinary meetings and also the multidisciplinary group formation in stroke care and um, why I'm basing much on Rwanda because we have more or less the same um, cultural uh, similarities and also the proximity, so, and there is just a border crossing of the same mm-hmm. population. So, then from um, South Africa, the, um, the the study is done from South Africa. We pick a leaf that um, still routine uh, multi um, disciplinary groups can help in in stroke care and also helping stroke reduction 
in terms of mortality among the stroke affected people. Okay, so we've heard we've heard about the different countries and the successes and challenges. I'm going to come back to you, Patrick, for two questions. Actually, uh, you were the you worked on this a while back as the project officer. So maybe I can ask you to comment on um, some of the countries, uh, some of the champions, and and who has been successful. And also, since you were a McGill student and you were here on our campus, if you could comment on how students here um, could get involved in global health or any advice for them. So for your first question, uh, our country champions are really the driving force behind this whole project, and the project is impossible without them. They are very motivated and very passionate about improving stroke care in their own countries and then sharing their successes and their failures or their challenges um, with each other to make this project happen. And so we have J. Raj Pandian in India. We have Martin Karumakasa, who's sitting here today uh, from Uganda. We have Gerard Uremubenshi from Rwanda. And we have Lynn Katsoulis in South Africa. And so the four of them are really driving this project. They're the ones that get the multidisciplinary team meetings to happen. They get everybody, all the nurses, all the the physiotherapists uh, motivated in their hospitals and collect, get organized data collection and really drive this whole thing. So it's impossible without them. And then for your second question, uh, I did go to McGill. I was a McGill student and I only discovered global health in my last year of my degree. I took Fundamentals of Global Health in its first year, which was taught by Madhu Pai. And he kind of inspired, I think, the whole class. Uh, if you know him, you would know how passionate and enthusiastic he is about tuberculosis and global health in general. And so he just really uh, got me interested in global health. And what I did was I just went to every global health lecture series that I could. I volunteered at the Global Health Night and basically just kept coming back until they hired me. (laughs) Um, But in general, I think just getting to know professors and especially being at McGill or any university, you're surrounded by really intelligent and really passionate people. Um, And that's kind of the nice thing about global health is uh, there's so it's so multidisciplinary. There's so many different avenues you could take, but everybody's kind of got that, that passion and uh, motivation to, improve population health basically so if you go to events where you can meet professors get involved with research keep an open mind and get involved in uh, what comes up and what what kind of gets you motivated and things can kind of snowball and for example we have occupational therapy students from McMaster that did a project using OSCOL data and it was a project that was part of their course as an occupational therapy student and they did it with Jackie Bosch who's our principal one of our principal investigators on the project uh, an OT and also a professor at McMaster University and their project became a presentation at the World Stroke Congress and they're here with us in Montreal and they're presenting tonight and so 
as a student, if you just get involved and you never know what, what will happen. Actually, Patrick, I remember meeting you probably four years ago <laughs> at an event because I, I was uh, interested in what's happening with global health and, and what are they talking about there. And I think that's probably where we met. And now you've gone on traveling the world and you emailed back, we have something to share. And so here we are. And I think that's a really a nice part of global health, the collaborations that you, that you develop globally. Um, as a last question, can I ask you who who inspired you to go into global health? Okay, so I think to wrap it up, what I what I might ask you, uh, Martin, is there somebody who you know Patrick brought up Marupai, who a lot of people are inspired by here? <laughs> is um, is there somebody who inspired you to or inspires you to continue the work that you're doing with this project? Working on a global health project, I've been inspired by various people, but of all the people I've inspired me, I've, I've met um, Jackie, who has been not only easily approachable as a person, but she has good knowledge on research, and also is willing to take you to a different level, and is willing to give you information. So having what we have on this project, she she inspires me to do better research. Always uh, willing to to move to a different level and also to help others learn. So that's how she inspires me. Thank you. Excellent. That sounds like that sounds like an inspirational person. <laughs> <laughs> and Leo, yes. do you have somebody or? Um, I would say, <laughs> yes, so um, the pr- um, principal investigator, uh, one of the co-PIs at our um, project office, Dr. Jackie Bosch, she does so much for this project, um, and I think just, you know, seeing um, all that she can accomplish in her um, day-to-day um, with her different responsibilities involved with McMaster University, as well as um, Population Health Research Institute and um, other um, places as well, is just really, really neat to see. And it's uh, such a pleasure and um, an honor to work with her and this whole team. Good. Well, it sounds it sounds like a great team. Um, and it sounds like there's a lot of inspirational people involved, uh, either previously or currently. Um, so I know that you, I checked out your website. You have a website, OSCAL Study, O-S-C-A-I-L Study.com. Um, so if anybody is interested, they can go and review the study there on the website. And if they wanted to contact you, is your contact information on the website? Okay, I'm getting three unanimous nods. So there would be <laughs> there would be contact information on the website. So either to learn about it or to contact um, either of these people, uh, please go ahead and do so. And I think that's it for today. Thank you so much, each of you, for telling us your story, your journey of how you got to this project, and and uh, telling us about this important project. And I, I hope that it makes the impact that you would like it to make and I think it already is or is is in the process of doing so. I wish you all the best with the with the project and on your future adventures. Thank you listeners, students, anybody who's listening and do remember to visit the McGill Spot Global Health tab for more information 
and other podcasts about other GHRI guests. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.